Hello, my name is Paul Adlington and I'm reading chapters from my book, Bear Christianity, and this is chapter three, All the Difference. Before I began working for the Bear Church, I spent a few years teaching. Helen and Yaz were colleagues. We became friends as we ate lunch and chatted together. One day we were talking about the other teachers and it hit me. I realised that it had been my turn as soon as I was out of the room. And so I said, I've got to go and teach a lesson now, but I fully expect you to talk about me as soon as I'm out the door. And there was a moment of silence and then laughter, because of course it was true. Of course they would talk about me. And even though they were my friends, we all knew that some of it wouldn't be nice. What hit me that day, more than other days, was that people are always watching, even when we don't think they are, even when we don't think they should. They are watching and they're taking note. Now, we know that people watch famous people's lives because they're followed everywhere by other people with cameras who then feed us with the pictures and the gossip for a small price, of course. But we're watching each other too. We're constantly watching and comparing. It's how we work out our place in the world, how we work out the rules for our existence, how we work out what's acceptable and what's not. If other people have something or do something, then it's okay for us to have it or do it too. Well, that's what we'd say. Otherwise, it's not fair. Well, he did it first, so I thought I'd try it too. Or it's okay for her to have one, so it's okay for me to have one too. Or they went there, so we thought, well, why not? Everyone else was doing it, so we just joined in. And that can be for good or for bad. When Leighton came to visit us on holiday... The toilet's blocked. Now, it wasn't Leighton's fault. He had only just arrived. But he was the first person to kneel down at the manhole with a bucket to help clear up. He just got on with it without complaining. Now, I am a different person today than I might have been because I have watched Leighton serve when he hasn't needed to, seen him clean when he didn't make the mess himself, noticed him go the extra mile when he didn't have to, watched him go without when he could easily and deservedly have gone with. I should probably say that Leighton isn't perfect, nobody is. Uh, but watching him made me want to change. I wanted to be like him. Sometimes when there's a mess, I even picture Leighton with that bucket and apart from wishing he were there to help and do it, I weighed in. It's funny what we notice. Even the smallest actions have power to shape our behaviour. Matt's another example. It's a small one, but Matt was a school friend and his parents let him drive their old campervan. There were only six seats, but we could squeeze about 12 people in for our trips to the nightclubs in Brighton. What I noticed about Matt was that when he picked people up, he would always get out and go and knock on the door rather than just hoot the horn. It wasn't necessary, but it was an act of consideration that I noticed. And 30 years later, it still gets me out of my car to knock rather than just hoot the horn when I'm picking someone up. It's never to go clubbing, of course, in Brighton because, well, I've got a bit old for that now, unfortunately. The point is, people often tell me that they're not leaders, that they don't see themselves as influential. Some people tell me that they definitely don't want to lead. There's no way they're doing it. But really, they can't avoid it. Nobody can avoid it because people are always watching and listening and being influenced. When I was uh, about 15, Nick gave me a book. 
Nick was about 19. Now, the book was called You Can Make a Difference by Tony Campolo. Years later, I heard Tony Campolo speak about democratic capitalism and the last great idea. There were over a thousand people listening to him in a huge tent at the Ichthus Revive summer camp. And I, along with everyone else, was sitting on the edge of my seat, clinging to every word. Tony was funny. He was a bit like Ken, enthusiastic, engaging. I wanted to listen. But when Nick gave me the book, I had no idea who Tony Campolo was. I was 15. And other than reading in the introduction that he was a professor at a university in America, I can't remember anything that was in the book either. It didn't really matter. What mattered was that Nick gave me a book with the title You Can Make a Difference. That book said that Nick believed in me. That title said that somebody like Nick, somebody who was mature and good-looking and popular and capable and wise and, in my mind, powerful, thought that I could help change the world. It took about one and a half seconds to read the five words on the front of that book. And it takes about half a second to use three words that tell somebody they're useless. But the effect can be enormous. James, in James 3, verse 6 in the Bible, said that the course of your whole life can be set on fire by the tongue. The course of your whole life can be set on fire by the tongue. Words make all the difference. I've found that discouraging words sink in more easily than encouraging ones do. So that suggests we should encourage one another regularly. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 3, verse 13, it says that we should encourage one another daily. Now, I don't think I've ever been that consistent with anybody, not encouraged them daily. But following on from chapter one of this book, it's part of what makes a good prophet. A good prophet aims to build up and strengthen people. So maybe a good prophet encourages people daily. A bad prophet speaks without caring about the consequences. An accurate prophet is not necessarily a good prophet. An accurate prophet hits the nail on the head, but a good prophet hits the nail on the head and encourages somebody at the same time. To encourage is to help somebody find courage. And a good prophet is concerned about this, concerned about people finding courage. Nick probably wouldn't have called himself a prophet, but he spoke a massive amount into my life. He also gave me his bicycle. It was a racing bike, a really good one at the time. I used it an awful lot for years. I never asked him why he gave it to me. I never asked whether it was God who spoke to him. I'm sure he could have sold it and used the money, but he didn't. I do now wonder whether God told him to. I do now wonder how God spoke to him. Nick probably has absolutely no idea the impact that that book and his bike had on my life. A vision and a means of travel, I suppose. His input made all the difference. Sadly, that bike has since been stolen, and for that I'm sorry. This might be a good place for me to reminisce and remember all the key words and actions from others that have influenced me, that have led to changes in my character, and even changed the direction of my life. 
There have been some, some that have made all the difference. Some have simply been castaway remarks or split-second choices that people have made that they didn't even notice, but I noticed and somehow they cut right into my soul. But perhaps it's better for you to think about those words and actions in your life, the loudest voices, as it were, in your past that have changed and taken root in you. Reflect on them and consider their value, because today could be the day that you mark a change.